Scott Mass, Access Hollywood film critic, the best in the world, as I always say. He really, I, I don't. He, you tell me to watch movies, I watch them, and they're good. You tell me not to watch movies, oh. I don't watch them, and I have no idea. Well, well, I can tell you what to see and what to skip this weekend. Let's do it. Okay, so here's what to skip, and I know you're going to be really disappointed with this one. The Hangover Part 2 is a big, fat skip it. Really? Oh, no. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And here's why. Here's why. Everything about the first movie, you know, the first movie came out in 2009, made over $277 million just in this country alone. That makes the highest-grossing R-rated comedy of all time, beating Beverly Hills Cop. That came out in 83. But the first movie caught people off guard. It was, a, it was fresh. It was fun. Uh, it, was, it was new. You know, people weren't expecting it to be as good and fun as it was, and the word of mouth just made it this big thing. But they basically, you know, the director, Todd Phillips, he basically remade the first movie but just set the location from Vegas to Bangkok. And if you, if you line up Hangover 1 and Hangover 2, put them on top of each other, and, and had the plot points, you know, sticking out, they would snap together like a pair of Legos. They're, they're the I exact same movie. I thought I that thought that's that. what would happen. Yeah. yeah. I considered that's and, exactly and the, what would you know, happen. It's, it's like the little details are the changed. So, so instead of losing the groom, like they did in the first film, they lose the bride's brother. And take, instead of Vegas, it's Bangkok. Instead of a tiger, it's a monkey. Um, but really the biggest problem of all is that a, the jokes are not funny, and B, the tone of the film is darker and the spirit is meaner. So that takes all the fun out of what made the first film so entertaining in the first place. I mean, you know, without giving anything away, uh, Bradley Cooper's character, Phil, gets shot. <laughs> I mean, you're like, whoa, this isn't fun at all. What? Wow. Yeah, that, it, it's, that, <laughs> wow. that's pretty dark. Now, let me ask you this. Because I've heard that Bridesmaids is is similar to Hangover. I haven't seen it yet. Nate loves the movie. How do you feel about Bridesmaids? Should people go see it if they haven't I'm, seen it I'm, yet? I'm glad you brought that up because Bridesmaids is like the Hangover for women. I knew it. Uh, it it's same similar sort of premise in the sense that uh, it's a bunch of friends behaving badly in the hours leading up to a wedding. It's a raunchy R-rated comedy. And, it, it, you know, it, it, you could see the comparisons to The Hangover are, are pretty obvious. And, you know, Bridesmaids opened two weeks before Hangover Part 2. And while I was watching Bridesmaids, I thought to myself, wow, these, these Hangover guys better watch their backs because Bridesmaids is very funny. And, and I have to say that Bridesmaids is even better in a lot of ways than the first Hangover. That's, what I, that's what I thought. Wow. That's exactly okay. what I said. I, think it's, I thought it was so much funnier than Hangover Part 1. I thought it was so much funnier. I, you, know what, you know what really sealed it for me in terms of me loving uh, Bridesmaids more than the first Hangover is there was a lot more heart to the film. It was a smarter screenplay. And, you know, the character played by Kristen Wiig, she's in her late 30s. You know, she, her, her life is just not nowhere near where she thought it was going to be. So... So you really feel her pain while her best friend is getting married and she has to compete with Rose Byrne, who's terrific, uh, to be the maid of honor. And, you know, a lot of times in the film, that Kristen Wiig's character, she's the cause of her own misery, but you still really sympathize with her. There was a lot of depth to Bridesmaids that 
that I wasn't expecting because you know you really didn't see that in the in the trailer. But Bridesmaids is hilarious. I would see that again in a second. And uh, the note that Bridesmaids is giving to the Hangover Part Two is. Boys, you've been served. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I That's... love it. All right, now what about the Tree of Life and Kung Fu Panda Two? Those are both out this weekend, as well as the Hangover Part Two, obviously. Okay, let me let me get to Kung Fu Panda Two, and I'll end on a high note with uh, the Tree of Life, so you know where this is going. Kung Fu Panda Two is more for kids. Uh, I like the first film. I like the second film. Uh, the second movie has a little more heart. Not as much action. Uh, that the whole, you know, it's only ninety minutes long, and the middle part, you know, not a whole lot happens. And I felt like uh, it was even a little bit slow. But you know, the movie does seal the deal because it, it ends on such a heartwarming note. Uh, the, the the movie features a theme about adoption that will will bring even the most jaded moviegoer to tears. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. And the problem with Kung Fu Panda Two, and I had this problem with the first movie, is that when you're watching animated characters do martial arts it's not nearly as exciting as when you're watching real people do martial arts right no that makes you know a mean? lot of and, sense and it's weird because because you know you're watching animals who already know how to talk so you're already <laughs> suspending disbelief there so you you know the, the the prospect of seeing animals do especially computer generated uh, animated characters do Kung Fu, you know, Kung Fu, they, they could do anything. So the stakes aren't high, whereas when you watch someone like Jackie Chan or when you're watching The Matrix, you're like, whoa, that is really awesome. Right, gravity exists in the real world. <laughs> Bingo. You hit it right <laughs> on the head there, <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. All right, Kyle. Uh, now, All right, well, let's get, let's get to The Tree of Life. Yeah, this is with Brad now, Pitt. The Tree of Life is an extraordinary movie, um, and I cannot remember the last time I was watching a film thinking about how, how wonderful it was to live and have existence. You know, that movie really made me question the fragility of what it meant to be alive and to appreciate life. And I sure as hell did not get that from The Hangover Part 2. <laughs> 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 oh, that's hysterical! But what would you? But the now, just, just, just word, uh, uh, word to the wise about the Tree of Life. This is the fifth movie directed by Terrence Malick. He's done uh, five movies now in about thirty years. Uh, the the one he's probably best known for is the Thin Red Line, uh, which uh, had an all star cast. Came out in ninety eight. World War Two movie came out in the shadow of uh, of Saving Private Ryan. A lot of people thought it was going to be another big action packed World War Two film. And most all of his films really are meditative about life. You know, why are we here? What's our purpose? But never more so than the Tree of Life. Uh, it's basically about a uh, family in the Midwest. Uh, Brad Pitt plays a very strict father, um, and he's really hard on his kids because he's uh, upset about uh, how it turned out. But it's set against the backdrop of of the creation of all things. I mean, literally, you see the formation of the universe, of the solar system. Wow. Uh, there's a bit with a, with a couple of, you see an interaction between two dinosaurs in the film. And uh, it, it does ask, uh, it dares to ask the mighty big questions, and it leaves it to the moviegoers to ponder the answers. It'll test your intelligence, but because the running time is almost two and a half hours long, it'll also test your patience. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 there were times when I definitely felt like, Okay, let's uh, let's let's move on with it. 
Um, but if you're willing to surrender yourself over to a movie that will just sweep you away with thoughts, then this movie is for you. I Got like it. Okay, now, like that. Terrence Malick, uh, he's also, he, he wrote and directed, he's a writer-director. He doesn't really have other people direct his written screenplays, right? For the most part? Uh, well, he, he does actually um, have other people write his movies. He's not like, you know, Quentin Tarantino who writes uh, all the movies he directs. Uh, but he does take his time in a very big way. You know, he's not uh, um, like uh, Woody Allen who comes out with a movie a year. Got it. Uh, he, he, you know, the last movie he did was The New World, which opened uh, in 2005. And then, you know, the movie he did before that um, was The Thin Red Line. And then he did uh, uh, the uh, Days of Heaven came out in 77. And his first movie with Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek was Badlands. Badlands, yeah. 1973. Um, which, if you watch that movie now, you see where the inspiration for um, Natural Born Killers uh, came from. Um, but, the, you know, it's, he's, he's worth the what He's like Stanley Kubrick uh, was in his day, you know. You know, you knew when you saw his movies that, A, they were going to challenge you, and, B, they were the kind of movies that, that you really do need to see a few times to really start to absorb it. One movie that I compared The Tree of Life to a lot was uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, oh, I love that movie. You know, One of my favorite you know, movies of movie, all time. You know, that, exactly, I agree. Uh, 2001 is one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, I've seen it maybe 50 times over the course of my life, and it took me, took me a very long time to wrap my head around the scope of what that movie was about, which was the uh, history of, of human intelligence. And I suspect that Tree of Life, which is Malik's most personal film, uh, is sort of the same thing where... I already know, I mean, I'm planning on seeing it again this weekend. My uh, folks are in town from Philadelphia, so I, I said, we got to see Tree of Life. So, uh, but it's that kind of movie. It's uh, worth seeing, uh, and I think people will really talk about it. It'll stand the test of time, uh, just like his other films do. But uh, if you are going to see a movie this weekend and you have not seen Bridesmaids, see that but also make time for the tree of life what opposites too you have, you have bride bridesmaids this comedy of the tree of life is drama sci-fi and uh, that opens uh, I, I guess tomorrow right midnight tonight yes that's right yeah uh, uh actually hangover is in theaters today it opened uh, last night at midnight uh just to get get the uh, jump the gun on uh on the on the holiday weekend uh interesting little bit of trivia uh, you know, this is the first big R-rated sequel to, uh, or it's actually the second big R-rated sequel to open up over the Memorial Weekend. Uh, the other one was uh, last year with Sex in the City 2. And uh, the projections are that over the course of the five-day weekend, Thursday through Monday, Hangover Part 2 could open with like $110 million in just five days. Wow. And how much did it but, cost to, to make it? What was the production cost and marketing cost for that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The first movie cost $32 million to make. The second movie cost about $80 million to make. Look at that. Wow, wow almost three times and as much. I'm Jeez. telling you, talk about diminishing returns. It's really extraordinary how, how, how much the films line up in, in terms of structure and story. And in, in, in the end, it's, it's such an inferior film. I mean, I found that the prospect of Hangover 2 to be so poorly done that I thought it was a slap in the face to anyone who really fell in love 
with the first movie. Well, Amber Amber here is not going to go see it. That's for sure. She she's shaking her head right now, and she's mm-hmm. going, "No, no, I'm not going to see it." Yeah, go, I, listen. I would see Bridesmaids again in a New York minute. If I never see Hangover Part Two again, it'll be too soon for me. Okay, well, oh, wow, okay. Scott Mance, like Access Hollywood film critic. I love him because I, I swear everything you say is right when it comes to movies. I, I've never had some contradictory belief. I've, n- I've never. But you see, if you did, that would be good because in the end, all this stuff, film criticism, it's all subjective. No, of you know, course, right. That, you know, you have people who just have a difference of opinion, and I find that to be, you know, if if someone reads one of my reviews or emails me or or stops me on the street and says, hey, I agree with what you said about such and such. I'm like, oh, okay, great. But when they don't agree, that's where the conversation begins. I was at the gym the other day, and uh, you know, someone told me, you really liked Water for Elephants? You really thought it was the best movie of the year? And I said, well, look, it opened in April, and look what came out before that. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, where, where, can, uh, where can our listeners and viewers in Ustream find you online? Uh, do you have a Twitter well, uh, if you go to accesshollywood.com backslash moviemance, that's movie, and my last name is M-A-N-T-Z, uh, that's where you can find all my reviews. So cool. uh, check out the site there. It's accesshollywood.com backslash moviemance, and uh, you find all my uh, reviews and, and uh, uh, box office analysis, everything, whatever, on camera, written. And, of course, you know, just check out the Access Hollywood site for other entertainment and film news, too. Great. Well, Scott Metz, thanks so much, buddy. I Thank appreciate you. it. I can't wait to get you in the studio one of these days. We always talk about that. One of these days. One we'll, of these days. You'll be on. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. All right, Thank buddy. You. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Okay, right? have, a great, have a great weekend, everybody. I'm going to go watch too. the Thank tree of so life. Much. All right, take care. So long. All right, that's Scott Mance, uh, Access Hollywood's film critic, and he's awesome. I just love him. Seriously, he's I, such a cool guy. I feel super intelligent right now because I said that about the... Bridesmaids and comparison to the You hangover. did! The I exact know! exact same thing. And I asked, I asked uh, one of my cousins... Uh, I, was I said it had more family. heart. I said it was a better film. It was funnier. W- said that. And, and, is and he be- said it, and I was like, yeah, I felt really smart. Is that because... <laughs> also, did, did Pat Siebes, your roommate, who's brilliant with movies, tell you that? No, he didn't. Okay. Did Pat Siebes tell me the answers to be 10-0 on the quiz? No, he didn't. Okay, no. Kyle? You don't you underestimate. Won't, you won't on your own. Okay. Oh, jeez.